Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. Welcome to another edition of Wrestling Sheet Radio. I'm your host, ProWrestlingSheet.com, Editor-in-Chief Ryan Satin. Back, I'm sorry about last week, uh, I we we recorded for like almost two hours, and then Jay Washington said he didn't push record, and so I just was so frustrated, I didn't have the energy to record for two hours again. My apologies, uh, if I was getting paid Caller Daddy podcast money, I probably would have done it again, but I'm not. So I, but we're back and we're here. I'm here with my co-host, Jamie Iovine. 
Hey, everybody. And I am here. We're joined by uh, Daniel Trainer. He's been helping me out with the site. He was going to make his debut last week, but now you guys get him this week. What's up, Trainer? Hi. I, I'm happy to be back, although I, I have to say I'm a little disappointed that my 10-minute rant about the Iconics last week is lost and will never be heard again. Although I'm sure I'll probably find another reason to bring them up sometime soon. But hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> well, there'll be a topic later, so you'll have a chance to talk about something yes. in, in some regard. Uh, yeah, no, it was a good one, too. I'm also bummed people didn't hear that. There was actually, I ranted a few things, too, about a few things, too, and I'm bummed it didn't make it because I was very passionate about them. But we're here, sure. we're back, lots of things to talk about. Um, I want to start off, though, obviously with some sad news, but I, I, I can't not talk about it. And that's obviously the fact that Shag Gaspard passed away this week. Um, terrible, terrible, terrible news. Uh, I think that, you know, obviously anyone listening to this show already knows what happened. And they have likely seen all the reactions on social media from the people in the wrestling industry. And it was one of those times where um, just just an outpour of, of positive stories for someone just who seemed, who I, I don't have to say seemed, I knew the guy. He was a very, very, very nice man. Um, died saving his son um, and, and just a, an absolute tragic situation. Uh, my heart goes out to the family. Um, I mean, not a lot to discuss here because it's just so sad. It's just, it's just so, so sad. I just, I just, I felt like I just wanted to say something though at the top of just how bad I feel about the whole situation um, and, and just how much I really did, you know, I really, really enjoyed Shad's company. He was a great guy. Uh, I talked to the guy many times, so I just, I feel so sad about everything, but honestly, you know, the whole day I was saying to myself, like, you know, all this, he was such a good guy. I wish that I was hoping that his positivity and his kindness as a person would have re- rewarded him with some sort of miracle and he was going to show up. But then I ultimately realized when you hear all the details that like he did get a miracle at the end of the day, like the miracle was his son surviving and all of this, which is what he would have wanted. So um, just so much love to his family and everyone affected by this. Moving into wrestling talk now, though, because there's not really anything to discuss there. Uh, I want to talk about Drew Gulak. Uh, This all kind of came to light over the weekend. Um, I, you know, I initially had reported that he was released um, from his contract. You know, when I reached out to sources, I was told that by multiple sources that he had been released from his contract. Um, but it turns out that it was actually uh, his contract expiring, uh, which I was able to then kind of confirm with, with with those same sources after who apologized for being wrong in their initial error. But you know, it's kind of tit for tat here because it was like he wanted something. You know, they 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 weren't they weren't on the same page, and you know, clearly he was still in character the day of. Uh, so something happened. You know, there was there was some sort of a, a separation between the two sides, and it's kind of crazy because it happened right after he wrestled on SmackDown, like the day after the, it aired, which was crazy to me. Um, I, it, like, what was interesting about Gulak, and it's interesting to me for a, I was like, for instance, I was watching Raw um, on Monday, and I was just looking at some of the people who they like out of the that huge mass firings that they did where like almost 40 people got fired. Um, I've been watching raw and SmackDown and it's some of the um, people that they've kept like the, uh, the Apollo cruises or the, uh, any of the, uh, I mean, I mean, uh, any of the Lucha house party, no offense to them, but I mean, they're just obviously not viewed as like key players. And uh, they seem to only wanted to keep key players when they, did all these layoffs and 
Gulak was somebody that I was, I mean, even though, I mean, this is just for all, obviously we're all wrestling purists and stuff like that. And we love the fact that him and Daniel Bryan would just wreck shop every time they were together. But, you know, we all know what kind of, I mean, entertainment comes first with the WWE and it didn't seem like they really had a whole lot of faith in Gulak to really be somebody that they wanted to feature prominently. So when they saw that they kept Gulak around during the initial releases, I was a little, I was a little taken aback. And I mean, I'm not trying to say like I wanted them to get fired. It was just, yeah, it was just somebody, it was just definitely somebody that like, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, like Apollo. Well, I I think, to that point, though, Jamie, I think that the reason it didn't happen ultimately is because the contract did expire a few weeks later, and they they didn't have to necessarily. They were just like, all right, let's just let's just let's, let's just, just ride this out. out. That 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 would be my guess. You know, to, if I had to if I had to guess that that that's that's what I would think happened uh, to a certain degree. Even though he was I, he really was doing great work. Like he he and Daniel Bryan, I thought they were they were a fun team together. They, they were, really he was, were. He was helping yeah. Daniel Bryan do something different. Daniel Bryan was elevating him, you know, elevating Drew Gulak. Um, I, it was working. And you know what's crazy is the whole uh, lack of entertainment thing that you were talking about there. I was always surprised that Vince didn't change his opinion on Drew Gulak when he started doing all the PowerPoint stuff. Because yeah. that really was entertaining. It was. I, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was, you know, I was just going to say, it, it's it's even more upsetting, I think, to me, because what you guys have kind of been saying, it's like, I really enjoyed what he was doing with Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. I mean, that honestly was kind of one of the, the only things that I've kind of really enjoyed, and they were cr- trying to do something different and, and whatever. And also, I mean, Gulak is a guy who, you know, when you need to be pumping stuff out of that performance center – you can just slot him in with anybody and he's probably going to put on a pretty decent match with whoever it is. And it feels like they didn't see that in him. And I also think like, he is like a pretty funny guy too. I mean, they could have really ran with this. I think again, with all the time they have to fill, they could have gotten really creative with him outside of the ring. I don't know. It just never quite came together, but I think it is especially upsetting that somebody with his talent level was let go when a, he was involved in something that I was enjoying and I thought was pretty good. And the match quality was pretty good. And then B it's like, he could have really taken this opportunity to elevate himself and just like, it just fizzled out. You know, I think that, uh, you know, just from, and I don't know Vince McMahon never worked there, obviously, but from what you hear about him and interviews and, and, and what other wrestlers and people who work with him have said, have said, it does sort of feel like Vince McMahon, um, it's hard to shake his initial impression of you. Like if he has a certain impression or a thing he thinks of you, it sounds like it's really hard to change that. And, you know, I know that when he, when Gulak was early on there, um, Vince really didn't see the entertainment side of him. Like Jamie was referring to there. Like, I know that he was just like this, he just wasn't seeing it in Drew Gulak. And since so much time had passed since then, I had kind of hoped that maybe he had changed his tune a little bit. Um, but you know, obviously if your gimmick is that like you're a wrestler's wrestler, you're not going <laughs> right. to be like the most favored in, in Vince McMahon's eyes. Cause that's no. like the opposite of the gimmick that he's looking for or whatever. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, it's tough, man, with this pandemic and, and the, the, the mass amount of layoffs, it's really hard to guess who might end sorry up in AEW. Sorry to interrupt. You guys don't hear that, do you? Like my no? vacuum, my robot vacuum is going on in the background. I'm just making sure it's not. <laughs> no, I didn't hear your Roomba, no. Okay, good. Just making sure. Can you anyway. guys hear my air conditioner? 
Yeah. Perfect. Because I thought it was too loud too, but I wasn't sure. So I'm glad we're on the same page. The joys of doing your podcasting from home here. I wish uh, I had some ambient noise in the background. I can I can get my dog to bark if you want that. To <laughs> yeah, man. I gotta say, dude, I am. It, this was the first week in the whole quarantine. It's lockdown type stuff that's been happening in the past few months. This is the first week that finally everything got to me a little bit where I was really? just like, yeah, I think this was the first one. I think this was the first one where I just, so many bad things happened. I had like, you know, Shad passing away, which hit me hard and like family things that were frustrating. And then just like yeah. wanting to just to like go back to be able to film things at Fox. Like it was just, there's just so many things that I, oh, it was rough. This was the first week where I was like, oh man, I just I want to go back to normal. Yeah, I think it's all sort of hitting us uh, now in, in, in different ways. I mean, I sort of feel that I, I'm lucky in the respect that, I mean, you know this, Ryan, I'm down at my parents' house right now in, in Orange County, but I think next week uh, I'm going to head back up to L.A. and just spend the week at my apartment there just for a change of scenery, you know, and I'm lucky to be able to have that option. It's like, all right, I'm feeling a little cooped up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive up the freeway and go stay there until I get cooped up there, you know? It's just like... <laughs> It's 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 wild. Yeah, I was staying in Palm Springs at my mom's house because she had went out of town for something, but then she abruptly had to come back. So my long stay in Palm Springs got cut short. Now I'm back in a one bedroom apartment. So I, I I totally understand that. Honestly, I not like I have anything against my mom. I love my mom, but it it would be tough to be living at home again with my mom. So I was like, no, I'll go back to my apartment. You'll like, go back. You'll go home. <laughs> I will. I, I I will eventually. I I hear you. I hear you. Uh, but yeah, you know, I with uh, you know, with all this that's gone on with the pandemic and 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 the layoffs, uh, it's really hard to figure out. I think who's going to land in AEW uh, or where anyone's going to land and, and and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's the, the double or nothing this weekend, and there's the the mystery participant being teased for the casino ladder match. But you know, when you think about it, I don't think anyone's no compete thing is is really up that that can fall into that category. So you would think it has to be someone else that isn't from WWE as much as I'm sure they want you to think that based on the advertisement. See, my my whole thing with this is I get burned with these mystery entrant things all the time. I get excited. I'm like, oh, it's it's going to be Sting. Sting's going to win the casino ladder match. I did think then, about that too. Like, and <laughs> then it's, it's just going to like – be somebody on the AEW roster. You know what I mean? But I don't I always I always check myself up and like, no, like they know that people are gonna get excited about a mystery entrant, all these new guys maybe coming over. I would like to think that they wouldn't be silly enough to promote something like that to get people's hopes up and have it be disappointing. I don't know who it could be that would live up to whatever wrestling fanboy expectations it could be. It's. It, I think inevitably it's disappointing, whoever it is, even if it is cool. I don't know, because your expectations just go to the moon. But uh, I don't know. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued about who it could be on, on Saturday. Jamie, is that what you were thinking too? Uh, I mean, no, I was thinking that, like, when I saw, like, the mystery, like, person, and then I saw the, that you know, Sting's time with the WWE is over. Um, I thought of it as, like, something funny, because the only way that would – well, it wouldn't work – because, <laughs> I mean, because first off, like, the only way they could do it is if they had, like, the way Brock Lesnar won the Money in the Bank ladder match, where there's just nobody there, and he just yeah. climbed it. 
And I thought um, you were going to say because a 61 year old man can't climb a ladder, but that too. <laughs> and I'm saying, then where do you go after that? Like, what do you give him the belt? Like, he, right. like, I don't know if he can walk properly, let alone climb a ladder. <laughs> I think, I, tell me if you guys think I'm crazy here. Uh, Jericho carrying around a bat ever since sting became free cannot be a coincidence, right? I don't know. I I had I didn't really I didn't really correlate that. But maybe you guys didn't you guys don't think that's the reason he's carrying around a bat in new WCW? I hadn't thought of that before. I mean maybe not really maybe but like but it's, this why? is my yeah, I mean this is my thing with somebody like Sting. It's like let's say for instance he does come to AEW and they like are we really? It, it, are people going to get excited about a Chris Jericho Sting match in like the year twenty twenty? Is that where we could be headed? I don't know that. That's I don't know. I mean, listen. There's a lot. I think of, you. I hundred percent that fan base would one thousand percent be pumped on that and would not criticize it in AEW. If if it happened in WWE, they'd be furious. But if it happened, they'd be like, no, no, no. This is great. It's yeah, I'm, I mean, not, I'm not hating. I'm just saying the AEW families wouldn't hate on that in AEW. My my hope is that if who knows if Sting were to come, I have no idea how likely that is. But if he were to come, I hope that they would maybe try and do something cinematic with him rather than putting him in the ring for like you know if you want to do some Jericho Sting like uh, I don't know some, do something creative. I guess I could work myself up to getting excited about that. But uh, I don't know. It's I can't say that I'm super pumped on the prospect. I don't know. I see Trish Jericho trying to like run away from the elite or something. And then he gets in a car and he drives away and they recreate the like opening to revenge where like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tr- Jericho's trying to get away in a car and then it stops and Sting's standing there with sure. the bat or whatever. Listen, if Sting shows up at Double or Nothing, will I scream? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> Oh, I, I 100% think he's making an appearance in the stadium stampede. I, I don't know that. I have no inside info. But I find it, if that would be such a cool shot of Sting standing at the top of the stadium or on top of the Jumbotron with his fucking crow and a bat and Jericho freaking out, that would be great. That, people would love that. Well, here's the thing with, with Sting, with me. And... Um, I don't know. Maybe this is just a personal preference. Um, Sting doesn't work for me unless he gets physical at some point. Like, I I don't know. I mean, it's a little different. Um, It's a little different than Undertaker because I've always talked to you. I've talked to you, Ryan, a bunch of times how I think like Undertaker doesn't need to wrestle anymore. He could be like the Gandalf of the WWE, you know, like this old wizard, scary guy, you know? And and that would be fine. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't need to do anything to shoot lightning and shit. Sting doesn't have any superpowers as far as I can remember. Um, <laughs> so he can't really do that. And um, Sting, I, I, like I, for instance, I've never seen Sting in a W. I mean, in any sort of wrestling company where he hasn't been com- competing. Fair. So I don't know. Like, how often can you do the, oh, I'm in the rafters over and over again? Like, it's it, like, I'm like, yeah, that initial pop of him being part of the sta- stadium stampede thing would be awesome. But then where do you go after that? Like, what do you, if you're not going to have a, a competitor, which 
I, I mean, I can't see him doing that. I mean, it would have to be some sort of crazy medical procedure that would even get him taking bumps as far as I know. Yeah, but, I, I know they don't want one, but it, it would have to be authority figure. I know they don't want one in AEW, but I mean, but they're they basically why? booking matches. They're letting the announcers book matches on AEW <laughs> this week. They literally, there was a point where they were like, where, what, what match was it? It was a, one of the matches that got confirmed. It was like, they had a video where the challenge got made or someone made the challenge. And then JR, when they came back on commentary was like, well, we're just going to book the match. No one really booked it, but we're just going to book it. There it is. Yeah. It's official. Yeah. That, that's interesting. Cause I mean, what they're doing with, uh, you know, let's say Jake the snake or, uh, like Arn Anderson being around, they already sort of have these like sort of veteran guys who are there to, whether it's manager or coach or, or whatever the term is. I just wonder from a pessimist perspective, I suppose, how intriguing it is adding sort of another older guy to your roster when your show is sort of already filled with a Jake the Snake or no, totally. a, I, I, a Dustin I, I, Rhodes, you know, whoever. I just don't know that you want to be loading your roster up with these older guys. I just well, even unless... that segment this week that that had Jake, uh, Arn, and Tony in the ring. It was like this kind of looks like you're watching the WCW right now, but in right. 2020. Right. I think I think there is definitely something interesting. And if you're AEW and you have the opportunity to get Sting, I don't see how you say no because it's it's exciting and it would get people excited. I just think you have to be able to do something interesting with it or it is not exciting in week two. I also think he's above being a manager, Sting. Like, yeah, I, I think he's – No, me I think too, he's me above – I think he's above doing anything that involves any sort of business. You know, like – I can't see, even though he did, even though I hated everything Sting did in TNA, um, I just didn't, uh, I, like, I don't see him, like, as, a, as an authority figure with the face mask and the bat and, like, looking at a run sheet. You know, like, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, fair. It ruins some of the allure, yeah. It doesn't work for me. He can't be anybody but the quote-unquote vigilante or the quote-unquote um, soul savior of WCW. Like, I don't see him in any other role like that. And when he did try to do other roles other than that, it sucked. I'm sorry. Main Event Mafia Sting sucked. Um, Joker Sting sucked. Like, I, any, I, I don't Joker like Sting it. wasn't the worst. Joker Sting was terrible because it was so blatantly a ripoff of the Joker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, Jamie. You're talking about Sting. Yeah, but he's not who's acting did like 20 Randy years Lee. of he's the crow gimmick. Like, he didn't act like the crow. He just looked like it. He didn't act like him. He definitely acted like the crow. Yeah, he was playing guitars on top of a building. Definitely. What? I saw no, him doing that. <laughs> His whole thing was meant to be the crow. Like that was the whole thing. It was the same thing. The Joker thing is because I've seen a lot of people try to do that whole Heath Ledger, Ledger Joker thing, and it's never been done well. And he tried to do it, like, to the point where it was almost like he would watch the movie every morning and, and try to do something that he saw. And, and, and I just picture him in that time period. Like his wife, like, oh, what are you doing this morning, <laughs> Steve? And he's like, oh, you know, same thing I do every morning, Linda. Just watching, just watching the Dark Knight. Yeah, oh, man. Like, man, he's gonna make that pencil disappear again. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and 
when you're that old and you're doing that kind of shit, it's silly to me. And he was old then. Yeah. So I don't know. I Fair. Mean, that also, for the record, I want to re- I want to clarify that I do not think Sting is going to be the mystery participant in the casino no, ladder it, match. Well, who is? Who is? If you who, I, if you had, if to, I had guess. to guess, if I had to guess, and I don't I don't know. If I had to guess, though, um, you know, there was those rumors a few months back that Brian Cage had signed with AEW, but then he got injured, and it like all kind of like he denied it a bunch, but then it kind of like went right. away, and I believe he's now. Uh, like he's been cleared, I think. I think that he's he's from what I see, he's like working out, he's doing things again. It looks like he's no longer injured. Um, okay. So if I had to guess, like if he was signed, that would be my guess. Makes sense. I don't think he should win it though. No, I mean he I would know. be a fun addition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be good. In the, he'll, he'll be good in the company for sure, for sure. Um, did you guys watch the Dark Side of the Ring on Own Heart this week? Of course. I I have I mean I've seen I didn't sit down and watch the whole thing I I've probably amassed watching the whole thing through clips and stuff uh, so yeah I guess so I uh you know the part that really stuck with me the most you know obviously the death stuff is fucking horrible you know like but it's you know all things that I've seen you know you know for twenty years um, terrible stuff though like obviously like all so bad so so bad uh, handled terribly everything about it so bad uh, I mean when you see the part with Jr talking about like how in his ear it was like you got to give an update he's dead and we're back in ten nine eight like you're just like oh my god I couldn't imagine having to do that like I couldn't imagine it you know um, the part that really stuck the most with me though in terms of new information was seeing his kids talk about it for the first time because you never see his kids ever um you know she's just martha's done such a good job such a good job of protecting them and keeping them away from the wrestling business and well, you know, so they were children at the time yeah of course of course um and you know it it was um it was you know because we've seen it you know as wrestling fans we see every year it's one of those things every year the conversation gets brought up should Owen Hart be inducted into the Hall of Fame every year? There's always some kind of article about it, and it gets brought up, and 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 whatever. Um, and you know what? After watching this and hearing Oge and and uh, his daughter talk about how it's not just their mom, it's like them, and they'll also never allow it to happen because that they just it's not that they you know they hate the wrestling industry. Um, they killed their dad, all that kind of stuff. And really at the end of the day, when I watched it, you know, when I was done with it, I thought to myself, okay, like I'm never going to report that again. Like I'm never going to anyone pushing for it. Anyone trying to make that, ha- you know, like make a big thing, big thing about it. Like Mark Henry did at the hall of fame. Um, I'm just, I'm not going to report on it. Cause I feel so bad about the situation and I'm so respectful of what they said in, in this documentary that I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to report on it anymore. Well, here's the thing that I was um, thinking about. I was thinking about this a lot after um, is that I don't think that the WWE universe wants Owen in the Owen in the Hall of Fame because they want to buy Owen Hart t-shirts and have Owen Hart be in the WWE 2K games. I don't think so. I just think that that's the only way they know because as much as some people say, oh, the Hall of Fame's nonsense, it's just the way to sell merch, or some people really do like it. You know, there are people to this day in AEW who are still seen with their WWE Hall of Fame rings. Of course. And, but I just think that the WWE universe wants to honor him so much because 
there is nobody on the planet who doesn't think that Owen was great. Nobody does. He, nobody doesn't think that, but they don't know how to celebrate him in any other way. I don't think that they like, it's not a malicious thing. Like, I don't think that they're like, Oh, uh, Martha Hart's being a bitch. Like, it's just that, no, they would love to honor your husband. Well, I mean, like, the, I see social media and, like, there, you'd be shocked at how well, many no, people on I social media you're, were you're like, not, F her. No, no, no. No, no, no. I totally understand. I saw people that were talking crap about Martha still of, like, oh, no, F I, her. Of course, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying they're not – I'm not saying they, that, that they're not attacking her. I do think that. I just think that, A, they don't really they're, – they're not really familiar with the situation as well as they should be. And also – well, not – I'm misconstruing what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is that they think that they think that since it's it's just been sour grapes since it's been so many years since it's happened that um, it's, that they um, that they think it should be time. You know, time yeah. heals all wounds, and um, that Martha get over it essentially. Which how can you get over your husband dying? You know, like. And I just think that they're frustrated because they want Owen in the WWE ethosphere. Yes. They want to see him featured in network specials. They want to see him part of the – I mean, yeah, I, I said that's not the full reason, but it would be nice to have Owen Hart in the WWE 2K series. Like, <laughs> I do like – Jamie started going, it's not because we want him in the video game. not the game. But, nice. but – no, you know what, nice. Jamie, though, I really, you know, and, and I, to- I totally understand everyone's reasons. I'm having trouble conveying what I'm trying to say. No, but, but I tr- totally is- understand everyone's I get, reasonings. Yeah. yeah, I totally get what you're saying and everyone's reasonings. To me, it really boiled down to something that she didn't even say in the documentary. It was something that she said in an interview promoting the documentary series. And she said, um, there's no actual Hall of Fame. There's not a building that people can go to to see the thing that they're claiming they're giving him. Like there's nowhere, like there's not gonna be like a thing where his statue or whatever, there's not gonna be like a thing people can go to. Right. And she was yeah. like, so in essence, all this is, is a live event that they sell tickets to and made and make a ton of money off of and t-shirts that they make a ton of money off of. And she was like, at the end of the day, it's a money thing. It's not about honoring anyone. It's a money thing. And I have vowed to never allow them to make money off my husband's name again. And I was like, you know what? I kind of get that. And she has let him do, you know, they like other, you know, Hall of Fame organizations that have that, that she's allowed him into and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, like I'm like, I, I gotta respect, you know, I respect her staying to her to her, you know, true to herself. I think something that I thought while watching her say what you were just saying, Ryan, about the Hall of Fame is, I think if Owen saw how poorly that Vince and the company had treated her and treated his family in the aftermath, I don't think he'd want to be in the hall of fame either. I think, I don't think that he would, I I think he would say absolutely not. So I don't know that it's an honor that he would want for himself at this point when he sees how they've treated his family. And it is a complex thing. I can understand how people do want to honor him. And I, I respect that. I understand that, but at the end of the day, I think a complex issue can really be boiled down to the fact that his wife doesn't want it. And uh, I think that's kind of the decision, you know? Yep. I mean, she went and stood with her children in the spot where he died, like where he that's, dove to his that, death. Those, foot, those photos had never, I, which 
How horrifying was it that they that Owen's blood was on the mat the entire night? Crazy. Well, like okay, so night. I saw, I saw, I saw, and I don't, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. They said, they said it. That they said that Owen, Martha does say that Owen's blood was still there. Because I saw some people that said on Twitter there was a match earlier in the show too, right before that, where like someone was really bloody, like covered in sure, blood, but, and that was on the ring. But, but yes, they, she so did say ridiculous. that. Of course, yeah, yeah, and of course, and honestly, all of it. It's, I'm not. I'm not dismissing. I'm not uh, excusing anything they did. That was one of the worst things imaginable to continue that show. Like I was saying to someone, like I couldn't imagine, you know, working on a TV show. I worked on tons of TV shows. I couldn't imagine us filming a TV show and someone having a heart attack and dying, like just a heart attack, you know, and and falling to the ground and production continuing, you know, like the production would be shot shut down. Everyone would be shut down. Just wait. But like Martha said in the documentary, like that was a fucking death scene. It was a crime scene. Like, like the fact that they just kept going, everybody involved in that decision is wrong. You know, so but I mean, 20 years ago, I get it. I mean, like, whatever. But yeah, no, that stuff was intense. Like, oh, so 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 intense. Um I also thought it was so fucked up of that Tom Segura guy, that comedian. To, <laughs> oh to no, use, not again. To use Bret Hart in his thing this week, his whole joke wrestling promo when he's literally like having to have all these memories of his brother dying and this guy is using Bret Hart to you know make a whole bit out of this thing and I don't care that he thinks wrestling is fake I just didn't like that he was using Bret Hart on this week of all weeks uh and you know and because Bret Hart is his whole thing is like going back against, you know, fighting back against people that call wrestling fake. Bret Hart's like the guy who takes wrestling so seriously that he's put people in their place who call wrestling fake and stuff. And so to see this guy paying Bret Hart on the sneak, you know, cameo money to further his bit just pissed me the fuck off. I don't, I, I, well, I didn't watch it because don't. I just didn't care to. Good. I just didn't care to. Um, so I don't know what was said <laughs> basically basically this tom segura guy who the ones you guys saw you know you probably saw the thing i tweeted recently yeah. where he called wrestling fans you know the r word and and just said all these bad things of wrestling making a mockery of wrestling went viral for it you know uh it was you know people were all talking about it then he followed it up this week to kind of like make a bit out of it now uh and he did like a fake wrestling promo like a press conference where he's like this wrestling character and then He's like talking about other famous wrestlers in it. And then they, they cut to like clips of like famous wrestlers that are like t- talking about how tough Mystic Rick is and like Mystic Rick, like, you know, is the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. But it like, it looks like he makes it look like Brett, Ric Flair and Kurt Angle film these videos as if they were in on the gag on this whole thing. When you know, there's no way Bret Hart is trying to help any comedian further his whole wrestling is fake bullshit, you know? So we, so we, so we know for sure that or can safely assume, I guess that those were just like cameo requests that were sent out by him. I've asked, I have not gotten full answers yet. Um, all I know is that those three, those three people are on cameo. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Here's the thing about that stupid video. It's like, I can, you can make fun of wrestling if you want. That's fine. Like I've, you know, I'm sure the three of us, we've heard plenty of people make fun of wrestling. Who cares? Whatever. Call it fake. Blah, whatever you want to say. But like for this comedian to make these videos, it's like, dude, at least be funny. Like 
they're so bad. They're so bad. They're so and bad. And it's like, and also, and you know, you and I have talked about this, Ryan, but it's like, you know, again, it's, it's always a shocking thing to see a grown man call something retarded. It's like, don't, what are you, what are you doing? Don't say that word. Don't, I mean, it's just like, it's embarrassing for everybody and involved. In that same rant, putting down the Special Olympics. So crazy. Did Ziggler, has Ziggler been on his show or no? Because Dolph responded that they were going to set something up, but I don't think he's been on yet, I, right? I've been checking. I haven't seen him or Ron Funches appear on the show yet like right, they had right, planned. Right. I'm sure they're planning some whole thing. You know why this has been happening a lot recently? This why? whole, and it's, it's mostly our fault. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say we, I mean the the wrestling the community. Collective. Yeah. yeah, is we're so fucking easy to rile up whenever that shit happens. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you want to get a reaction, good or bad, on Twitter, and you want to rile up a fan base, talk about Star Wars or talk about wrestling, and it's it, and people are going to lose their minds and. That may have been what he wanted, you know, and it's and it's been yeah. case after case after case. Whenever somebody who's not part of the wrestling community, whether it be a comedian, actor, sports analyst, whatever, the wrestling community gets their pitchforks and their and their torches and they go nuts every single time. Well, that's every why time. I was so frustrated in this one because I <laughs> it wasn't because I wasn't mad at the guy for calling wrestling fake. Like, that's what pissed me off. I was like, oh, Ryan's so gotten to him being worked over this guy calling wrestling fake. No, it's the manner in which he is doing it to his half a million followers. And he's using such outdated terminology and just such a shitty way of thinking that, like, not the fake part. It's everything else that he did to further that that pissed me off. And I just know that he does have a big fan base. So when I put the initial clip out, I was like, hey, man. If you guys want to know who this guy is, this is what he thinks of you and what he thinks of people who are mentally handicapped and what he thinks of the Special Olympics. Because to me, I like to be informed when someone's a piece of shit if I'm going to listen to their comedy first, you know? And so sure. I thought people should know that, you know? And so similarly with the Bret Hart thing, I was like, I thought Bret Hart should know that now he has been dragged into this guy's bit. I don't care about the bit. I don't care about any of that stuff. It's about the fake thing or anything. It, it, it's strictly the manner in which he's going about it. All right, let's get into talking about all the shows this week. Uh, I'm going to skip SmackDown because SmackDown was just, uh, since today is Friday now, um, it's kind of like the, the conversation is going to be so irre- irrelevant uh, in a few hours that I'm going to have to skip the SmackDown discussion this week. But I want to get into Raw. Uh, I This Edge and Randy Orton stuff uh, with, with them building it up as, uh, the greatest wrestling match ever. Um, I'm so I, I'm kind of on the fence to a certain degree. I can't decide if I think it's genius marketing because I think that it's going to get everyone to start talking about it even more, uh, or it's not helping at all because it puts such extreme expectations uh, on the two performers to to have to live up to that with no fans. Um, that's a lot to have to 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 live up to, right? Absolutely. Um, I don't. I don't know if. I mean, going off of um, just uh, with the verbiages and all that stuff. I mean, when has WWE ever done anything with the greatest or the best, and it's ever been that? I can't remember any. That greatest Royal Rumble wasn't that great. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, and um, again, this is just a marketing thing. Like they'll and, and it is setting them up for failure because it's probably not going to be the greatest match ever. I mean, and also it's a very subjective thing to say. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like to who, you know, to yeah. John Cena fans, to Daniel Bryan fans. Who, like, who is this for? It just doesn't make sense on so many different levels because even even if you love Edge and Randy Orton, I don't know that those two guys together are the guys you think are going to have the greatest wrestling match ever. And it also feels weird that they're just kind of – it does feel like they're setting it up for failure in the sense that maybe – I mean, this isn't going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. Edge and Randy Orton know that. Everybody knows that. But it's it just feels like they're kind of setting these guys up for disaster in a way that kind of bums me out. It's like poor Edge comes back this – Return is already not what he wanted it to be at all. Doesn't get his WrestleMania moment. Now he's got to be like, I got to have the best match ever. I'm 58 <laughs> years old. It's like, it's just like, I don't really understand. And, you know, I don't know who's tuning in to Backlash because of this that wouldn't have been otherwise. It's like, oh my God, did you hear? They're, they're having the best wrestling match ever on Sunday. When is Backlash? Uh, next weekend? It's not this weekend. It's next. No, it's not, weekend, no this right? weekend. Double or nothing. nothing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Total. I, I mean, I totally understand that too. I do. I think it's more of a social media thing. It'll almost create more conversation because people are going to be discussing whether or not it was the greatest wrestling match. Which, you know, I, I'm sure that the guys themselves are like, this might not be. You know, <laughs> like I don't know. Might. That's not a thing you can go. Well, what? Okay. But what, what if, if? What if it is? What? I will bet you. What do you want to bet? What do you want to bet? Yeah, Edge and Randy Orton are going to have the best wrestling match of all time. Com- combined age of what? With, with no fans. Yeah, no fans. Give me a break. And listen, I the the match at WrestleMania was not even my cup of tea. And it's like I, I would have I was looking forward to that one. At least that one was you know last man standing. Let's hit each other with some stuff and get innovative. And I didn't even like that match. Now they got to stay in the ring. You know what's weird? Give me a break. What's especially weird about saying something like this before the match even starts, in a movie trailer, before the movie's out, because, you know, when the movie's out, like they have Rolling Stone said, could you imagine if if a director, like the first trailer comes out, the greatest movie of all time? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's got to be after that shit. You know, it's weird to say that before it happens. Yeah, that's not something you're supposed to say before you see it. Like you're not that's not something you can like predict that it's gonna be the best match of all time. It's gonna uh, be like the fifth batch fifth best match of the night. <laughs> but what if it's like uh you know, um you know, uh, what in the you know, Tenacious D have the greatest song and the tribute to the greatest song in the world, but yeah. then in the movie you actually get to see what that was supposed to be. Uh, what if it ends up being the best match of all time? What if? I'll I hope there's my a- hat. <laughs> uh, what you guys? I think- hope it is. I, I hope it is for Edge's sake. I mean, I want him to be successful and and be happy and be producing stuff. You know that is that is you know. Uh, that lives up to who he is and lives up to this return that has been so middling and so disappointing for, for him. So I hope it is. I Listen, I, I will be the first to admit that if the match at Backlash is phenomenal, uh, I'll own up to it. But You already uh, said you'd eat your hat. 
I will eat my hat. Yeah, yeah no, I I'm, will. Now, honestly, I'm hoping it's the best match of all time now just for that. So I'll be like, hey, man, trainer, you said it, dude. But it is also – it is such a subjective thing. I already it, knew you, you know, were going to say that. I already – you're already thinking of your excuse to not eat the hat. <laughs> you're going to say, yeah, no, that was the best match ever. <laughs> like, no. I was like, hey, in my opinion, it was the best match ever. you got to eat yeah. your hat now, bro. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Good luck to them. <laughs> uh, I also – you know, I, th- this week we had uh, – Lashley versus Drew McIntyre being booked for Backlash. And uh, what seems like uh, MVP officially becoming his, his, uh, his manager, it seems, uh, at least until we hear more from Lana. Uh, what do you guys think about this? You guys into it, not into it? Jamie, what are you feeling? I'm into putting MVP with Lashley. That I'm into. Because Lord knows Lashley needs a good mouthpiece. I'm not saying because he needs one because of, he has Lana. I'm saying in general, he yeah. always needs one. He can't talk. Yeah. He just doesn't know how. And he needs somebody. And MVP, who has always been good on t- at talking, could really, really help out with this. I, like when I see Lashley and MVP together, the first time they were together, I was like, that makes sense. Leah Rush and Bobby Lashley, it worked for a little bit, but it didn't really make sense. Lana and Rusa, I mean, Lana, Lana and Lashley – we can go on and on about that whole thing. <laughs> and we have. Yeah, and we it's have. run its course. It's run its course, the Lana and Lashley thing. Ad nauseum. I would love to see Lana paired with an unknown person. Like someone from NXT, you know, like so, someone like that where, where she can kind of unveil her new, uh, you know, Bulgarian brood or Russian monster or whatever, you know, like some kind of foreign talent that she can unleash on the, the WWE universe. I think it would help much more and be more effective than she is with Lashley because I just don't think the Lashley and her pairing ever really made a lot of sense. And as much as they tried with all the love angle stuff, I just, I think people were just kind of not into it, but I feel like, you know, Lana being the, the mean ravishing Russian again with a new young foreign talent could kind of be something that people be into again. Maybe. Um, The reason Rusev and Lana worked was because they were, together you know and the natural no, that's not true. i don't think people didn't know they were together for a while they were I'm working s- in, in nxt too no i'm saying they were at, no, no no no. i'm saying the chemistry was there oh oh oh, oh. no not not because they knew that they were together yeah no i'm okay. and and uh I, I it would need to it i think lana needs to change I think the ravishing Russian thing only works when she has Rusev. And now that that's not a thing anymore, I think she needs to switch it up. I think there needs to be another layer to her character. Yeah, personally. I, I agree. I, I, yeah, I don't know where she goes from here. I, I, I fear that she's kind of uh, in the weeds here in terms of, I just don't know what sort of fan allowance there is for somebody like Lana right now to kind of pivot again after everything that she's been through. I think the Lashley thing was just so muddled and not very well received. I have a hard time believing that she could just show up uh, in a couple months as, as a new character or something or with somebody else and that people would really care or that it would 
work in the first place. I like See, Lana gets, a lot. She gets massive heat, though. If you put her with someone who can't talk, like, that isn't known, I think the Lashley thing just didn't work because he's so known, and you know that, like, because they tried to do it with a love thing, and you know Lashley, kind of like when they tried to say this was Lashley's family, and everyone's like, we know that's not Lashley's family. You know, <laughs> like, it was similar in that regard, I think, to where, I don't know, I don't think the audience, I I don't think the audience would reject her if she reverted back to what she was when she was massively over and brought a new talent in. I, on the other, what Jamie, what Jamie was saying, I don't know how receptive the audience would be. I'm guessing what Jamie means is for her to kind of like become CJ more than Lana. And, and right. Is that kind of what you're thinking, Jamie? Um, to kind of be more of her uh, actual self than. I don't know. I don't know Russian what it character. is. I, I just think it needs to be different. I think the ravishing care. I think well, the ravishing Russian needs to go away completely. Because why? Why are you doing it if Rusev's not there? The whole point of it was for Rusev. Um, Lana, and this isn't anything against her personally. She has heat in the same sense that because there's two people in the WWE right now that they say, "Oh, they have nuclear heat, isn't it great?" But it's a very different kind of heat. I compare her and Baron Corbin on the same kind of wavelength right now. As whereas Baron Corbin has quote unquote go away heat, right? Whereas he's kind of like somebody that we're like, God, fuck this guy. You know, they're using him in everything. And they're not saying that about Lana. They're not saying fuck Lana. Well, maybe some people are, but um, I'm sure a lot of people are online. <laughs> but um, I just think that. They have a, I don't know. I just, with Baron and Lana, they have a heat that is, it's lazy heat to me. And it's not creative heat. It's, it's you hate me because you don't want to see me on TV. See, I disagree. I think it's more, well, I think they really do have real heat. I think it's just the creative hasn't been great for either of them. So it turns into that because in the right scenario, both can be very effective. I don't think it's the on the performer of go away heat necessarily. It's more like we want this gimmick to go away. Like the, I, I don't think anyone loves the King thing, but I don't think people hate Baron Corbin. I think it's just not feeling the King thing. I don't know. It's just it, it, whenever that kind of heat happens in wrestling, it's not really appealing just as a, as a consumer. It's not my favorite. Fair. And, and I'd rather like, I guess that's just more of an old school type for me like i want the bad guy to be hated because of something like sinister he did on tv you know i don't need to hate the person himself because i don't want him to be on my tv <laughs> fair um, yeah well barry corbin well, tried to murder two people recently so i think yeah maybe exactly that's- he's become the guy who pushes people off of things you know he did that, that to Elias. he did it to ray and alistair he's just that guy he's pushing people yeah, off he's of sinister on tv too and, I, and 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 on social media he's just like cooking steaks yeah Love fuck that. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um uh austin theory joins seth rollins this week um weird in how it happened, I guess. I mean, though, though not too different than the way but it happened with Buddy Murphy, I guess. Um, but I thought ultimately it was the right decision. I think that Austin Theory in Seth Rollins' crew, which has become less of a crew than it was before because of one of the AOP guys getting injured, um, I think Austin Theory being added to the group made more sense than him kind of following around Zelina Vega and company. Oh, 
It makes way more sense. Zelina Vega having Austin Theory made no sense from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but I will say that when 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 Austin got added, I was like, "Well, what's the point of Buddy Murphy now?" I mean, that's really what his role is. You know, is like the. I mean, there. It, well, he looked a little. He looked a little jealous. Sure, and that's probably going to lead to something. But I don't think, in order for something like that to work, because obviously, like the way we know how wrestling works, and we and this may not be what's happening, but we can generally guess that this, if if we're going to stick to wrestling tradition, it'll lead to some sort of rift between Murphy and Austin, and then one of them breaks away. Probably Murphy. I don't think Murphy's ready yet. See, I was going to say the opposite. I would think, I don't know. I feel like if you look at, if you look at Austin Theory, if you're, and I do, excuse me, (laughs) there we go. Let's, if you're looking at Austin Theory through Vince McMahon's eyes, right? uh, I feel like he sees babyface potential way more than heel potential in that guy. Like he's a very attractive, well-built guy, like has a, you know, not as big, obviously, but has like a, almost like a, almost like a similar vibe to like a young John Cena, you know, like not as big, like I'm saying, but just similar vibes, you know, clearly he's inspired by John Cena and stuff. Um, I don't know. I just feel like that they want to, that eventually they want to make him a face, you would think, right? So you think that, yeah, that they turn on Austin is what you're saying. Yes. I think when I first saw Austin Theory, however many years ago it was, I thought, oh man, like this. Careful, I can is it PG? N- no, right, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell my other Austin Theory theory. Um, <laughs> I I saw him and thought, oh man, I mean, they could just attach a rocket to him. I mean, I thought just the look, the look is enough, honestly. Yeah. But like, yeah. the, I mean, charisma, very talented in the ring. I just don't think we've seen any of that, really. I mean, he's been sort of in this messy thing and and hasn't really been able to break out, obviously, and I think that's been by design. But uh, I do wonder where they're going with him because I do think I like – I'm willing to be patient with it because I like what they're doing right now, but I do think that babyface for him all the way. And part of me does kind of worry that they've not ruined it already, but it's it's off to a, a bit of a messy start. In, in this sense that, like, uh, I don't really know who he is yet, and he's been around for, you know, a while now on Raw, and it's been kind of just been getting beat up and been in the background a little bit and, and losing quite a bit. I don't they, – they have to find a way to make him unique when this is all over. And if that – if that could be him just turning on Seth somehow, that could be him sort of uh, overcoming some stuff, that could be him just getting beat up every week and eventually – having enough and really breaking out and, and becoming his own guy. I think the potential for him is like insane. And I think that, I think that they can get there. um, And I'm, I'm willing to be patient to see what they do right now because I think it's intriguing. I also think, you know, joining Seth Rollins uh, is more potential for him to build some kind of character to to a certain degree. Cause right now he is just kind of like good looking guy. Number four, you know, and maybe, maybe his time with Seth is how we get to know him. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Um, what did uh, I hated the dissension between the iconics this week? I hated it, hated it, hated it so much. I they're gone for a year, and this is what's gonna happen. Like, if this is what they're gonna go 
build towards when they come back. I hate it so much because I think that like people did kind of want the Iconics to be back. I think. You think? And now you're you're just mad that you think they're going to split them up already. That's what I worry about. That they kept them away for so long, and now they want to use one of them as a singles act, and so they brought them back to break them up to start using one of them as a singles act. That's what I fear. That's my the, fear. And, and what of the other one? Exactly. Breaking up the Iconics would be the worst decision in WWE history. Whoa, okay. that's that's. A, that's a, <laughs> it would be a pretty bad decision right now. Do, do I do I believe that? Maybe not wholeheartedly, but. I love the Iconics. I think they're tremendous. And I've said this before, but I just think they're so funny and so underutilized. I I truly don't understand the rationale behind what happened on Monday at all, especially because everything since then, like they, you know, they were on the bump this week and they said, no, we're fine. Everything's fine. We're good. We're good. I don't know where they're going with this. Um, Breaking them up would make no sense. I think individually they're both very funny interesting performers but i can't think of anybody on the roster that is so reliant on somebody else to make the dynamic what it is and i think that together they're just so funny and they're just you know i don't know especially in a also win, a women's also, tag division a, exactly i was yeah, gonna say the women's that, tag division tag team yeah what? <laughs> there's no, after the, if they split up it's literally bliss and nikki because oscar's the women's champion right yeah and there's not even like there's not even any – they haven't even been, like, working on, like, building up a couple women's tag teams in NXT just so that, like, maybe there will be some to – there's no women's tag teams. Like, why would you break up the Iconics? I, I hope this is just a swerve and some weird, we're getting too worked but, up like wrestling fans tend to do. But, then, but what's the point? Why, what, what, what's the point? I mean, They why, should have returned as, like, a unit that finally is ready to come back. I know. I don't understand. And then it's like, do we, and listen, I love both of them. As I've said, do we really think that, you know, Peyton is going to find success as a solo performer? Probably not. Like, or Billy Kay. I just don't see them sort of rising the ranks of the women's division as a solo competitor. I think they're both great, but like their entire thing is being together, being annoying, being funny, getting yeah, see, under I, people's skin. I also, you know, I get frustrated when it's like, you know, in order for anyone in the tag team to have a singles thing for a little while, they have to break out of the tag team too. Like, right. you know, like I'm okay with like Billy or Peyton. If, if let's say I'm right. And they're like, you know, my, this is a theory, obviously, but like, let's say I'm right. And they do see something in one of them more than the other. And they want to try a singles thing. They can still do things together. Like duos, you know, are still fun. Like where like they're just supporting each other. Just like I think well, Big E could win the world title and New Day doesn't have to break up. They could just now support Big E. Isn't the story that they're telling with Sasha and Bailey so much more interesting now? I mean, it's the most interesting thing they're kind of doing in the entire company. But like if Peyton and Billy, let's say, God forbid, broke up uh, because one wanted to pursue a solo career and one's kind of in the background – Tell that story. That's an interesting story. Like, yes, I support you. I support you. I support you. But then, you know, every once in a while, you have that look in the camera like, here we go again. Like, that's an interesting story. Don't ever, like, and also, it drives me nuts when it's like, oh, we have these two female wrestlers, so you're going to slap her. And it's like. <laughs> that is 100% how it feels. 100%. Right. Uh, the axe throwing thing on Raw. Um, similarly, I felt the exact same way as I did the basketball segment, it, it, it was like um, just one of those things where I'm torn. Because, like, 
I was entertained the whole time. Like I laughed at everything that happened. All the jokes landed. Uh, I just don't know how this helps the Viking Raiders in the long run. I do, however, think, you know, the more I think about it is like, well, you know, at the same time, like, would they be getting more over wrestling in an empty arena? Probably not. So at least there's like some fun content being put out there on Raw, I guess. I, yeah. I, you're, you're really the, you're really doing this whole something is something thing. At least there's something. No, it, it, no it's <laughs> every week, every week we're just getting more and more reasons not to fear the Viking Raiders. Like, prime, I mean, prime top players, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Street Profits, Street Profits. Could do this literally with any tag team. Any tag team, it would work. Because who's the star of this, really? It's the Street Montez. Profits. Montez. Yeah, it's Montez yeah. and, and, and Angelo. Yeah. All this is doing is just making – all they've been doing a, a lot – and this has been the case for a lot of people. I talked about this with Dana Brooke, too. WWE is just making a lot of these guys look fucking stupid. Yeah. Like not yeah. stupid, like oh that's dumb. Like like like, like physically, like mentally, get yeah, actually yeah. dumb. Yeah, yeah. Like that whole Dana Brooke money in the bank thing. I was, I was like, they're really not giving this girl a chance at all. They're like, yeah, we're gonna give her like she's the she's the sleeper, that one that could possibly win, and then they they never do that bullshit. And it's like, how can we get behind her? She's a fucking goof. And it's the same thing with the Viking Raiders. They came in as these fucking monsters with a great entrance, which I guarantee you, the first time they're back in the ring, it'll be different. They'll do some sort you of think different. it's a little more goofy I now. I think it will because that entrance doesn't match with what the what these guys are doing now. It just doesn't. And, and I I also think not only does it make the Viking Raiders look stupid it doesn't make the street profits look great either i don't think like i i i worry that they're just kind of getting bogged down in this kind of jokey joke thing and they're so funny and i really really like those guys but i think they're so much better than sort of this like we're gonna play basketball against a couple of raiders and they don't understand how the game works and they're gonna hit a shot and think that they won and now we're gonna go axe throwing it's like this is an opportunity for those two to be doing something actually kind of cool. Like those guys seemed cool a month ago. Now I don't know that they seem that cool. Um, so I, I just worry what it means for, for them as well. It would have been in terms of doing these whole thing, these all the vignettes, because really, we've talked about this before. Love vignettes. Vignettes when they're done right can be awesome. If they had just had a way to like, say, say they did the basketball one, right? They're fine. Whatever. The next week, instead of an axe throwing thing or some bullshit, it should have been something actually like if they, because in my head, I think of the wedding that him and Sarah Logan had, right? Yeah. Like if the Street Profits had to come to like a dinner with a bunch of Vikings and shit, and there's like fucking turkey legs and like people throwing shit, and like that's better. Because it keeps the whole thing going still. I completely agree. And you're going to laugh at what I think the reasoning why they did this as opposed to that was. But I'm guessing that with the lack of competition-based sports on television, they thought that people would enjoy seeing people play basketball and playing a competition-based thing. 
How did I not think of this before? You're so right. <laughs> that is that's probably what. That's definitely what everybody was looking for. I can't watch LeBron James, so I'm going to watch the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders. <laughs> I cannot I, wait to watch them play cornhole. On, on. And, and, and then, on, and then the axe throwing thing was 100 percent because we talked about it when it happened, Jamie. Remember at Triple H's birthday party? Where he talked about how, or where uh, X Pac talked about how there was an axe throwing station, and Vince, and just Vince stayed there the entire loved night. it the whole time, all night throwing axes. You know that was the inspiration. He loved it when he heard that pitch. Oh, axe throwing! Hell yeah! Can can, can I produce this one? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I need to be there when we're shooting this. Oh. Are you filming it, pal? I'll be right there. Uh, yeah, no, totally. Okay, so let's move on to NXT. We're going to do a quick few NXT topics, and then we'll do some predictions for Double or Nothing. Um, I mean, not, not really much happened other than the, the, the tournament progressions, really. Pre- precisely why I didn't have a lot to talk about for NXT. <laughs> um, you know, I really enjoyed the Tomasa Champa cross thing. I thought Champa did a great job of making cross seem like a big deal um, and, and like a, a, a threat. Uh, you also see just how big he is when he's face to face with uh, Tomasa Champa. You're like, oh man, no, he's a big dude, Cross. Uh, so I, I really like that segment, but like you said, not not a lot to discuss there. Uh, the big the big two topics obviously was uh, were first was Drake Maverick staying alive in the tournament. Um, I fun I, finish, fun fi- I I really liked Drake's work towards yeah, the too. end. I really liked it because it wasn't like. If I tap out, I lose. If I tap out, everything's done. Yep. Everything. And he – I don't think we've had that before. I don't think we've had that. Like, we've had, like, people fainting when – as opposed to tapping out because, like, they're so, they're so tough. They would never tap out. We've never had somebody that isn't tapping out because he's a tough guy, but it's literally life and death for him. And that's just a, it's a, it's an interesting layer I've never seen before. And it really, it, I don't know, just him screaming. The the scene exactly was when Kushida almost had him in the arm bar. It was right before the end, right before he rolled him up. Yeah. And he was literally screaming no, not because he was going to tap out or it was going to hurt because he knew that if Kushida locked it, it was done. He yep. knew that. And I don't know, it was just a fun little, it was a fun little detail that I enjoyed. And I definitely think that without the audience, it, it um, as shitty as this is, because we don't know if he is still losing his job or not. Um, you know, I think that it obviously added to the 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 the, the tension of the match. Like you're 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 actually into all the near falls because you're like, shit, this could be this guy's last match here. No, you know. So yeah, when he when he when they did that off the rope and he had he locked it in, I was like, no, like no. Uh, so I'm glad he stayed alive uh, for a little bit longer. I was worried that Jake Atlas, when he when Jake Atlas came to the ringside area, that he was going to interfere or try to help Drake, and it backfired or something like that. And that was how Drake was going to be out, and I was going to be sad. Drake said in the beginning promo, he was like, "I'm going to face the best wrestler on the planet right now, and that's Kushida." I was like, "Big praise! <laughs> we got the best. We got the best wrestler and the best match happening in the same company." <laughs> <laughs> wow! That 
that Drake Maverick, <laughs> that Drake Kushida match is going to be ten times better than Edge Randy Orton at Backlash. I can oh tell my- you that. <laughs> Oh man, dude! When that ends up being, I can't wait till I know. I, should, I need. Started. I need to shut it's up. Gonna like, it's it gonna like. It might be great. I know. I need to stop talking. When Kenny Omega is tweeting, like, you know what? That was the best match ever. You're gonna be so pissed. You're gonna be so pissed, dude. So just careful. I'm just saying, dude. Careful. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then uh, the other big announcement, in my opinion, was uh, the Riddle. Matt Riddle versus Thatcher. They're going to have this cage match. Uh, I, I I know they said cage match, but whenever they do the whole, like, you name the place, you name the whatever stuff, I get this, like, weird vibe that that is, like, the code for cinematic match. Wait, hold on. This isn't – it's not a – like, this isn't this happening, like, in a – like a – it's not like a steel cage match, is it? Well, they didn't say. They just said. They just said cage. They said a cage. We're we're gonna be in in, in a you know in the cage or whatever. Implying they were trying to imply that it was gonna be like an octagon though. And so right. But I'm then the, the graphic. Like... But then the graphic that WWE put out to to confirm the match was happening was just like their standard like when it's a steel cage announcement, which maybe things gonna be a steel cage. But the way the the promos played out on the show kind of to me sounded like it was going to be some sort of cinematic match. No, I'm almost envisioning what I envisioned was, uh, what's it called? Like a lion's, lion's den match. Den. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's what I, that's what I thought when they said that. And I was also surprised that it's not happening at takeover, but, um, that's another issue, I suppose. Well, but let's talk about that. Cause I honestly, I, I wonder if, put my tinfoil hat on here because this isn't any inside info or anything like that but you know matt riddle just lost the tag titles then they announced that he's going to be in a cage match which is typically in nxt how they write people off they lose a big cage match and then they're gone um because it's not happening at takeover which is next month I wonder if something's going on because that's like kind of uh, the cage match has become NXT's write-off for people to a what certain do you, degree. What do, you, what do you mean? Well, I wonder if maybe he's getting called up or something to do what on the Raw or SmackDown. I know. Hey, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I thought <laughs> for a second I thought you were going to be like maybe Matt Riddle is in the casino ladder match. Oh, fuck no. Hey. <laughs> There's no... He's no, not, they're, maybe. they're not releasing Matt Riddle right no, now. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no, no. no of I'm just not. saying, when you look at things like that, dropping the titles out of nowhere in the middle of a pandemic when he's one of the more popular people on the program, then all of a sudden he's announced for a cage match. I'm like, that's weird. Like, when, like, that's like how people have typically been written out of NXT. So, I don't know. I just thought it was – my mind went that way because you said the same thing. A lot of people are going, like, why wouldn't this be a takeover? Like, why wouldn't this be one of the takeover matches? Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I hadn't thought that. I mean, it still feels like Riddle still is due for some, like, one big NXT push. I mean, I it would – I don't know. I, I don't see him coming up to a, uh, to a Raw or SmackDown right now and having – much of an impact unfortunately i don't know jamie you feel the same what you feel the same way on that jamie about him having the same uh i think he would have a great uh, well first off he need if if he were to get called up he needs to go to raw my opinion 
because we've talked about this before. The raw, all of the raw divisions are really starting to run together. That's not saying it's not happening in SmackDown either. They're definitely starting to run together as well. But I think Raw needs another main event fresh face. They have a lot of fresh face mid-card guys. A lot of them. But I think they need a new fresh face for the main for the main event card. See, I think SmackDown needs it more. I think without Roman Reigns, and I'm not saying obviously Matt Riddle is Roman Reigns, but without Roman Reigns, um, I've almost I've kind of felt like there was like a a void in the main events of of, the, of like the singles scene for like a popular face that people can get behind outside of like let's say Daniel Bryan. Um, I, I don't he, know. I he's don't gonna he's gonna come and be in the main event picture on a main brand. But- but 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 I think I could see him being an upper mid card or pretty. I could see him being slotted I, in there. Who, Listen, me, Riddle. Yeah. No, he's a main eventer. You don't think so? Right, think now, right away, main eventer. I don't instant? think right now. I think eventually, for sure. I mean, I think like I think sky's the limit for him. But I still feel like there's an NXT story to be told for him. I think I I agree with a lot of things you guys are saying. While I do agree that there's there's a lot more they could still do with Matt Riddle as a singles wrestler in NXT, um, I also have the belief that Matt Riddle should be on the main shows. Matt Riddle is a superstar waiting to happen. Matt Riddle could be a huge star, in my opinion. So I think if you put him in there and make have him make him impact right away, like just start him off, as Jamie said, you just this guy is a main eventer. He's, he talks shit to Brock Lesnar and Goldberg and doesn't give a fuck, you know? Like, I think you can sell that as, like, that's a guy that people can, can – that's a guy that people can believe as a top guy, not necessarily carrying the company yet, but I think you slot him in there with some of those guys and give him a shot. I, I, would, I would love it. I'm all about it. I just don't know that they see that or would do that right now with him. I, I would love to be wrong. The only reason I say it, Trainer, the only other piece of info that I've casually left out of this is – um, there was that thing that Matt Riddle said a few weeks ago that really struck with me, uh, stuck with me was he did that interview and he said, he, he reiterated it during an interview with me, uh, that he met with Vince McMahon a few weeks ago before the pandemic that he met with Vince McMahon in his office. There's not a lot of people in NXT that are just meeting willy nilly with Vince McMahon in his office. And I don't know. That was just in my mind I went like, that's weird. I wonder what they were meeting about. And then he lost the title. And then he now also, he's in the, the typical write off. Something that struck me from that interview that you did with him was it was funny because we had joked he had said like, Oh, I didn't even watch Raw last night. I wasn't aware of the rules or whatever. But then when you asked him if you were to get called up, what brand would you go to? And he gave a pretty smart answer where he said, Well NXT is on USA, and that's where Raw is. So if I got called up, I think I would want to go to SmackDown and be exposed to a new network and a new set of people. And it felt, and I love him, but like the interview was a little like, it was very Matt Riddle. It was sort of all (laughs) over the place and whatever. But then when you asked that, he was very, it was very much like, I would like to go to SmackDown on on, on Fox. You know, it it was like, looking back on it, it's almost like, huh, okay, I wonder if, Maybe, man, yeah, no, maybe you're right. Maybe I, there's something. I'm not going to lie. I, I, in the, I don't, this is no inside info. This is me. Like I said, I started off saying tinfoil hat here, but like I got that same vibe when I was like, considering that's real, like laid back. He had a real like 
concise mm-hmm. answer to that one that he was ready for. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. Uh, let's move on to Double or Nothing here. Uh, big show coming up uh, this weekend on God pay-per-view. Uh, what happened? Nah, I just got an alert because I pre-ordered the fucking Baby Yoda plush that they got <laughs> announced, the electronic one, you know, that everybody wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just keep getting alerts every week that it's getting pushed back. Like, it, it was supposed to come out in May, and now it's in June. And Aww. Worse. Anyway. Coronavirus messing with the baby Yodas? Now, now things are serious. <laughs> I, had a face- I didn't get my baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, I, I ordered a face mask. Uh, off Instagram when all of this happened, I was like, Oh, that one looks cool. I can wear that around all the time. Like that's cool. And I bought it. Not even thinking like where it's coming from, nothing like that, you know? And then, uh, it was literally in transit for like a month and a half. Like it was stuck at LAX. It's coming from China. Like Bruh, the WWE masks they made aren't coming out until June, like 20th. I was like, what? are people even going to be wearing them then? <laughs> Like I bought it, and then it says expected shipping June 25th or some shit. I was like, what? Like, are people even going to be doing it then? I don't know if I want to wear a mask by then. Unfortunately, we probably will still be wearing Probably, them. but, I mean, that's kind of like everybody else is just shitting them out, like, in two seconds. What's taking them so fucking long? <laughs> um, I, I, um, <laughs> that's crazy that they're, they're taking so long. Not until June. <laughs> Wait, I was going to guess. I'm going to guess. Did you get the Bray Wyatt one? No, nah, I got the Kane one. Oh, nope. duh. I forgot. You loved the Kane one. Duh. The Kane one is sick. The Kane <laughs> one's great. Um, all right. Let's get into Double or Nothing real fast, and then we'll be done here. Uh, this was the match I was talking about that they just booked that commentary book. It was Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears, where they showed the Sean Spears News Network thing, and, and then uh, and then immediately announced <laughs> they had the thing ready, and JR was like, well, it hasn't been booked yet, but we're just going to book it. Yep, yep, we're just going to book it. It's booked. It's booked. Sean Spears versus yeah. Dustin Rhodes. I love 40-something Sean Spears calling Dustin Rhodes old. That was, <laughs> that was, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I actually liked the Sean Spears News Network thing that he did. I thought, I was like, all right, I'm, I can It was this. something new, and he needs yeah. something. I mean, they call him the fucking chairman, and he used a chair once. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's run, it's, yeah, it's, yeah he, it's, it's, it's run out of steam, the whole chairman thing, for sure. It for wouldn't sure. have if he used a chair more than once or even just came out with a chair. Like, remember when they had him, like, his entrance used to be him sitting in the chair? Yeah. Why'd they stop that? It was, it was the only interesting part of his character so far. Yeah, at least Leparco, when he called himself the chairman, brought the chair with him to the ring, Every danced time. on it. It was like his thing. Yeah. Or with that being said, does Sean Spears win here, though? He's got you, – you'd think Sean Spears has to win here, right? It wouldn't be good for his stock if he lost to Goldust. Yeah, I right? think he's – yeah, I think he's got to win. But that being said, they do way more on TV with Dustin than they do with Sean Spears. Yeah, but, I mean, if Sean Spears loses this match, I mean, then what does he do? I mean, it's – I don't know. I think Dustin Rhodes could could lose every match for the rest of his life and and still kind of be okay. I mean, we're getting into – I mean, Sean Spears is I – don't, I don't know what I don't know what to make of, of him right now, but I, it does seem like he's trying something new, and that's good. And I think because of that fact, I do think that, you know, he's probably the one that's going to win this weekend in a match that – you know, I can't say I'm that excited about, but um, yeah, I think I think Spears goes over. Yeah, I think Spears goes over here too. Um, 
private party versus best friends on the the buy-in. I think the Dustin Dustin Sean Spears might be on the buy-in as well. Um, but private party versus best friends. Uh, I feel like similarly here, best best friends win because they've been on TV this whole time and they've earned a bunch of brownie points with the bosses and stuff for the work they've done during the pandemic. And it just doesn't seem they have jack shit for private party. Mm-hmm. It just seems like they just don't have anything for those guys right now. Well, all they've really been doing with them is on BTE. And honestly, I like Private Party, but I'm just not interested in this thing they're doing on BTE with them. I know, I know Jamie, you've kind of fallen out of BTE. J- Trainer, do you watch BTE at all? I Yeah, I, I try to when I can, yeah. They've just been doing this thing, like, I don't know, some weird storyline related to Hangman Page, and I just, it doesn't make a lot of sense, and I've tuned out of it. So for that reason, yeah, I'm going best friends. People like best friends. Yeah, I think so. I agree. Uh, Jamie, you're also team best friends on this yeah, one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, All right, and then I think the rest of these are the main show, so we'll get into those. Uh, we have The Elite, which is going to be Adam Page, Kenny Omega, Matt Hardy, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson versus the Inner Circle in a stadium stampede match. Um, I I liked the the whole angle that they did to close the the, the final go home angle they did on this show where you know they're beating up Kenny Omega Inner Circle and then uh, the 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 good guys show up. You know we have the the hang the young bucks they show up on the the on top of the stands. They've got their young bucks face masks and you know come out and they do cross bodies onto the onto the field and then you've got the funniest moment of the entire show uh where hangman in the distance you just see hangman running so that he can be in the whole frame as if it was like the entrance ramp running the whole length of the football field that shit got i mean i would have that just made me tired that's a lot of a lot of he looks tired when he finally hits that clothesline too, and he turns to the camera. Yeah, that was great. I love that so much. I, I'm excited for this match. I don't really know what to expect at all, and I think that's probably what makes me the most excited. Uh, I think they're going to really do some special stuff with this. I, I, I'm Absolutely. pretty pumped. I'm pretty pumped. Me too. I mean, they have so many options they can do. They can pre-film parts of it if they want. You know, in backs, in side areas, they have so much they can do with this uh i think and 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 you know with people like matt hardy and the bucks involved and kenny omega now that i think about it you know like with just the ddt and the broken universe and the you know the stuff the young bucks have been doing at home uh i think that there's so much creativity there i'm actually it's it's one of the matches i'm most looking forward to i think uh yeah it should be fun and i love that that close that show closing ang- uh, shot of you know, we had the inner circle one, which looked cool, but now we got the elite one where they're like on the football field, and it's they like, didn't get a cool little LED thing behind them. Like the <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was still cool. No, yeah, they did. Did they? I, no, they were at the goal. They were at the opposite end. Yeah, but the, wait, what do you mean? I don't think they were on the same side that had like that big screen that had the inner no, circle no, it, thing. When, no, when they pulled back at the very last shot, they pulled back and they show the big screen. It had the elite logo on it. And then the football field had the elite logo on it. I didn't see that, which yeah. is also really funny because wouldn't the inner circle be like, so that would lead to, that would lead to imply that the, got the elite just put their logo on the football field earlier in the day. For no <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah pretty much I, that's why I like it. this is here 
<laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's why I laughed at it. I, I, the way it was shot, I couldn't tell if it was lights. It was weird the way it looked, but I liked it. It still looked cool. I was into it. Uh, the Elite has to win this, right? Yeah, I, mean, I been, think so. They've been having Inner Circle win a lot of stuff. A the Inner Circle stuff. has been the dominant force in AEW this whole time. They need to lose to someone. I mean, you'd think, right? Like, the, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think this is the elite all the way. I think Inner Circle. They don't. I don't think necessarily need a win here to bolster their faction necessarily. They're still just you know these kind of uh, smarmy. You know, I, I, yeah. I think the elite needs this win really if we're if you know moving forward in a positive way. I do wonder if you know, how they go about the whole Adam Page situation here, because this is what they were kind of building towards in blood and guts, it seems. But now, because Cody wasn't in it, they didn't want to do blood and guts yet because they want to wait for Cody to be in that. So this was like the way around it of doing elite, you know, versus uh, the inner circle. Um, yeah. 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 I, I think, yeah, I'm going team elite though. I'm the team elite. They, it's all elite wrestling. It'd be silly if they didn't win <laughs> for God's sakes. It's a good point. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. If it happens, uh, I, man, that I feel so, you know, that's obviously no one wants to see that happen. Uh, I don't know if for those of you who didn't notice in the match that she had the, on, uh, the tag match on dynamite this week, there's a spot where she's sitting in the corner and, uh, Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander throw Nyla Rose on top of her. But Nyla just like Britt's bake, Britt's knee, like her leg is kind of like, um, it's bent. And then it lands on she, Nyla lands on her bent knee and just totally messed it up. It looks like uh, there's rumors that she may have torn her ACL uh, unconfirmed. Well, I didn't even notice that because my my eyes because I I gasped at that spot where where they put her through the table, but not at oh that no not part. that spot but that oh, one was scary too. Because because her neck was so close to the table. She didn't take any of that on her back. No, it was all her shoulders. It was all her shoulders that went through the table. That was a scary spot too. No, no, yeah. this one was when it was not. It was Britt was sit. It was down in the corner, and then Hikaru Shida and uh, and and Chris Statlander they put her up like for Samoan drops, but you know, like Samoan drop kind of thing, a dual Samoan drop kind of move, and they you know like as if it was John Cena doing the attitude adjustment, kind of threw her on top of Britt in the corner. But yeah, DVD. Yeah, but they kind of like, you know, tossed her off or whatever, you know. And then mm-hmm. Nyla just full force went down on Britt's knee. And Britt, you can see, like instantly clutches her knee and then is having trouble doing the next few moves and then like rolls over to the corner and tags out. And I don't think she was back in the ring the rest of the match. And they were, you know, dealing with her with the doctors and stuff. So uh, I hope that she's, you know, that it's not as serious as uh, people are uh, – worried that it may be that match was entertaining though i, I was in the match uh, yeah. but this i feel like this one i'm torn actually on this one for dr Britt baker versus chris satlander if it ends up happening because i feel like they both really need the win here yeah i think that that's true uh i hope this match happens i i feel like i'm i'm becoming pessimistic about that but i uh i, I think i would go uh with the doctor here if i had to make a pick i i think i don't know it feels like she's sort of on a bit more of an upward trajectory, but I do agree that they, they both kind of need it. It's kind of an interesting match, really, when you think about it, to kind of put this on the card. But uh, I'm happy that they I'm happy that they did. I like to see uh, 
another just non-title women's match on a card like this. But yeah, I, I think I would go with uh, with Britt. What about you, Jamie? Um, I just um, I would like. I think um, Nyla could use a little more time with the belt. Well, no, this one's Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander first. Oh, okay. I thought you were. I thought you were leading towards a match with them. And uh, I, I'm sorry, I misheard you. Um, they both do need the win. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I want Statlander more, just because I just think Statlander has more up, uh, more uphill possibility. That's how I look I at it too. But it might just be my more want than what I think will happen. Yeah. I mean, I just. I mean, we've talked about this. It's. Britt Baker's kind of like whatever right now for wrestling. In my opinion, this is just my own personal taste. It's yeah. not something that I'm particularly interested in. Fair, fair. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I hundred percent. I'm like torn for both of those reasons of what you guys just said. Um, I want Chris Statlander to win. I think Britt Baker will win if the match happens. Um, and, and Jamie, what you said with Nyla Rose versus, Hikaru Shida, no DQ, no countout match for the AEW yeah, World Championship. Agree wholeheartedly. That, no, no, but I agree wholeheartedly as well. Nyla Rose needs way more time with the title. There's no reason to take the title off of her right now. And I actually think Hikaru Shida is super talented. Super like I, I think she's going to be a star for that company. Um, is a star for that company to a certain degree. Uh, but I, there's just no reason to take it off of Nyla yet. No, yeah. she yeah. needs to be. She needs to be dominant a little longer. And then somebody yeah. really needs to, because right now if somebody beat her, it's like okay, you know that's yep. it, it, it wouldn't mean nearly as much. Yep. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Um, all right. Then let's get to the casino ladder match. We got Darby Allen versus Colt Cabana versus Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix versus Scorpio Sky versus Kip Sabian versus Frankie Kazarian versus Luchasaurus. Ha, I like. <laughs> I like because I'm just looking at the card. It's easier on Wikipedia. I like that someone already edited it to add Drew Gulak as the last person in the match. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Versus a mystery opponent. Um, I am going to go Why, here. I'm gonna, hold on. Why isn't Joey Janela in this match? Well, because Drew Gulak's got to be in it. No, I'm, I don't know. No, I, I, I'm surprised. <laughs> Maybe he will be. Maybe he will be. That's true. That's true. He could be the mystery. It's not said that it's not someone in AEW who is the mystery participant. So... Who knows? Yeah. Could be nasty Leroy for all we know. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I, I'm going with Orange Cassidy. I think Orange Cassidy wins it because the pop when Orange Cassidy decides to cash in his casino ladder contract. Uh, I don't know the proper term. Also, yet. It, I agree with you, and just the 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 idea of there's so many different ways they could have him get the whatever it is that they're yep. holding above the ring contract briefcase, whatever. There's so many different things they could do. I mean, like about him getting it. Um, I mean, the way Otis got, it was fun, but they could, they could beat that. They could oh, beat yeah. that wholeheartedly. Oh yeah. No question. No question. Uh, that, who, what are you thinking over there? Trainer? Uh, I think sting is going to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, if I, if I, I, I do think, I, I do think, uh, gun to my head, I would say Orange Cassidy. I think that's really fun. Just to be a contrarian, I would maybe say, I'll say, um, Darby Allen's my pick. He's my second. That, that, if not Orange Cassidy for the fun factor, then Darby Allen for the like, 
I've beaten Cody or I haven't been able to beat Cody stuff. Like they've clearly it's someone there behind. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, that, I can't that, really see anybody else. I mean, I, the only other one I could see maybe is Luchasaurus, but yeah, but I don't see, it doesn't seem necessary at all. And then of so. course our, of course our mystery guest, who knows who that True. could be. Depending on who it is. If it's yeah. Sting, it's he's got. He, they, they should give it to Sting if it's him. Uh, uh, and then we got John Moxley versus Brody Lee for the AEW World Title. Um, jo- there's no way John Moxley's losing here. No, 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 no. Right? Way. Yeah. And I look at. I actually, you know, Jamie knows that I have for a long time said that I wanted to see Luke Harper become a suit serious businessman type character. But it happened. It happened, <laughs> and it hasn't quite been clicking like I thought it would. Um, and but I do think that this match might help change that to a certain degree. I think we just need like a great Brody Lee match, and if he ha- if he busts out some just killer stuff that we just haven't been able to see, um, I think it'll bring things together and kind of. It, I think he needs it. He needs it. A, a, a really good match. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I can't lie and say that I'm that stoked for this match, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I mean, Mox, Moxley will win. I mean, I can't foresee Brody winning. I do think it's important that he does have a strong showing here, though. Um, so I, I hope for that because I, I like him. I like the guy. I just it hasn't, like you said, Ryan, it hasn't been clicking for me. And this feels strange almost that it's you know for the for the world title at this huge pay per view. Just like not. It really was a little forced. And it was a little forced. A yeah, little. for sure. I mean, just like <laughs> a little. <laughs> it doesn't make. I mean, well, I, I don't mean to stoke the uh, the AEW flames here, but it's just like you know, for you know, all about rankings and earning things and all this stuff, and you know, whatever. Here he comes, and we have this whatever. It, just, it doesn't. It doesn't excite me, but I I think it could potentially be good. Uh, but yeah, Moxley's going to win. Yep, and then uh, MJF's beaten Jungle Boy, obviously. <laughs> yes. The uh, well, yes. Wait, we didn't. We uh, uh, Cody Lance Archer. That's next. No, I'm getting there. Oh, sorry, no, I'm sorry. getting there. I'm getting there. But we're, but we all agree. I was just skipping past that one because we kind of all agree. There's no way MJF's losing that one either. It'd be crazy. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that Cody beats Lance for the TNT Championship because they're trying to make they're trying to make it as prestigious as the world title. So you have Cody win. Cody gets the Mike Tyson presentation. And in my opinion, MJF comes out afterwards. And he's like, wait, you weren't supposed to win a title. So you had to make your own new title because you couldn't be the world champion anymore. This is crap. You know, that's my title. You're my, you know, like, and does the whole thing. Talks shit to Mike Tyson and then gets punched in the face and everyone goes home happy. Yep. Right. I think so. And yeah, you know, sometimes I think the most obvious thing is, is the right thing to do. I think that's, you, you can see that coming from a mile away, but I don't think that's going to make it any less good. So I know. Yeah. I think, I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, you know, MJF, even in the road double or nothing video this week made a reference to Mike Tyson for the first time. Like he, he said something like, uh, like upsets or people love people love like the underdog some about people loving the underdog and he talked about how people loved when 
Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson or something like that. And I was like, oh, he's already yeah. setting stuff up. Like he's already setting it up on in the you know on the sneak. <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to see Mike Tyson throw a right to <laughs> Dusty ass Jake Jake Roberts. <laughs> That'd be great too. <laughs> just uh, just have his face turned to mush immediately. <laughs> it's just yeah no no he's. Just poor old Jake. He's just trying to use bidets, man. Just oh! use bidet. What is what's uh what's the main event? It's got to be Cody versus Lance. You think so? You think they're going to close with John Moxley versus Brody Lee? I'm I, I'm thinking maybe Stadium Stampede. I That's thought about I thought. it. I thought about it. But how do you not close the show with Mike Tyson presenting the title? To you, I don't know. I just I feel like I Cody. Think- I think that would be a mistake in the sense that do you really want your biggest show of the year to the biggest moment you're going off the air by some boxer who's never going to be like the big, that's the biggest moment of the show is Tyson hitting somebody. Like, don't you want to, I don't know, shouldn't the show go off the air with like the elite, like at the top of a stadium, like with their hands raised rather than like, well, Tyson hit someone. All right. See it. Dynamite. He won't be there. I mean, it depends. I mean, like, I think what's important to me, what's important is that everyone's talking about your pay-per-view after it's over. And well, they still if, would. They still would if Tyson hit. It just doesn't have to happen at the end of the show. But, like, when the show ends, everyone's like, oh, my God. And then, I, I don't know. I, I think Tyson's more important. If, he's, if Tyson's punching someone, I think you close on Tyson punching someone. And the timing is great right now. Timing, I mean, the Tyson is really in the ecosphere right now. I mean... When Tyson came back for the uh, for his when he was one of the raw GMs and stuff like that, he didn't look that good. You know that was a little pudgy Mike, and because uh, <laughs> Mike did get pudgy for a little bit, and uh, this is the first time in decades where Mike legitimately looks like a killer again. So, yeah. I mean, this will be and and this is awesome. That's, I mean, I and he's in the news. And he's in the news. That's the other reason I say you close on that's, Tyson. That's what I just said. That's what I mean. That's what. That's the other reason. That's the, that's the other reason I mean because because he's so in the news from what you're saying. That's the other reason I think you close with Tyson because it's like he's a news. More people are gonna be talking about that than the elite standing on top of a stadium. As cool as the shot as it'll be. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, I uh, Jay, where people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at j a m i e underscore i o v i n e. Or you can find me on Instagram at J-A-M-I-E-I-O-V-I-N-E. Or you could check in at Network, N-T-W-R-K, on Instagram or on the app on iOS and Android for daily drops every day. And check out for more news on the Transfer Festival that we have coming up in July. Sounds good. And what about you, Trainer? Oh, we can find my uh, illustrious post on ProWrestlingSheet.com. And then you can find me uh, on Twitter, uh, Dan Trainer, D-A-N-T-R-A-I-N-O-R, number one. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. All right, you can find me. I'm at Ryan Satin on social media, at Wrestling Sheet for the website and show, ProWrestlingSheet.com. That's where you can find all the top stories in the world of professional wrestling throughout the week. All right, that's it. We're done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, stay out of the dirt. Keep washing your hands, wear those face masks, even if it takes a while for your face mask to come in the mail, and keep your eye on the sheet.
Mr. Lil Chico, Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game. So that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods, like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.